we're in part two on, uh, on the conversation on how to be spiritual. And, and tonight I want to talk to you about the topic on the subject of having spiritual authority. Having spiritual authority. Have you ever typed in a password on something new and been told it was weak? You know what I mean? Because you typed in your name followed by one, two, three, four. And then they said weak, you have to have like a capital letter and a character. So then you typed your name with a capital, one, two, three, four, and a question mark at the end or an exclamation because you wanted to make the word stronger. Well, authority, um, having authority is the Bible word for being persuasive. Being persuasive. Uh, do I believe you when you say something? Persuasive, convincing, clear, or having authority. Sometimes a person says no, but you can hear in the way they're saying it. It's not a real no. It's not what we would say is a hard no. It's a soft no. It's a maybe no. It's a sorry, not sorry. It's sort of somewhere between I mean it, but I don't mean it. Do you know what I mean? Like when you're perhaps in a relationship and you've set your boundaries, we will never French, French kiss. That's kissing that involves uh, not only the lips, but also uh, the and then you're like having a romantic, like you watch the movie and had a meal and you have a little kiss and the little kiss becomes a little longer kiss and a longer kiss and then you're like about to like maybe go the French kiss route and then one or the other says, stop it. But like, stop it, stop it, I like it. Like, it's so like, look how you reacted. You know, I don't know what kind of church I'm pastoring here. <laughs> You'll be French kissing on Saturdays and coming to the house of the Lord on Sundays with the very same lips which you praise the Lord. <laughs> Tonight you praise the Lord. You did also kiss somebody. Anyway, jokes aside, authority. In fact, on that very point, Jesus says if you want the Bible rather than the book of James says, if you want your words to say have authority, then you can't have, uh, you can't have blessing and cursing coming out of the same mouth. It loses authority. So if you, if you swear at somebody in one day and then bless them in another, uh, the hearer doesn't believe either because the one diluted the authority of the other. You don't have authority. Sometimes when we pray, we feel like our prayers aren't getting to heaven. But truthfully, our prayers always get to heaven. The problem is, if the person praying doesn't have conviction or persuasion or authority, the problem isn't that the prayer isn't going to heaven. It is going to heaven. It's sometimes not hitting the target, the enemy. Because they don't believe you. And so it becomes important to know the, the language, the, the, con, the concept, the theology, if you will, of having spiritual authority. The opposite side of authority is the abuse of spiritual authority. The abuse of spiritual authority is when you have an idea, you want somebody else to believe, and because you're so uh, insistent that you say things like, God told me. 
And of course, God talks to us. But if you have to use that to be authoritative, there is a danger of having spiritual abuse where you're forcing people to be unable to argue or reject the idea because you've now brought God into this conversation. Now God's involved in this discussion. So there is abuse of authority. But the Bible is clear that there is healthy authority. And I want to talk to you about how much authority do you have. Uh, Matthew chapter 8 tells us this remarkable incident in the life of Jesus when a man came and asked Jesus to heal a servant. And it goes like this. The centurion replied, because Jesus said, I'll come to your house and I'll pray for the servant. And the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go, and he goes, and the other one come, and he comes. And, um, uh, and I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. And uh, uh, verse 10, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly I tell you, I have not found uh, faith. Uh, uh, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. The centurion, who wasn't a believer, explained authority. He said, I am under authority, so I have authority. And this is really crucial. Anytime I pray something when I am under God's authority, then the thing I am praying for has authority. Do you see what I mean? I'm just the vessel through which the authority of heaven came. For example, if uh, you want to bless a business, and your business is under God's authority. In other words, you follow the biblical and ethical rules of righteous business. You can pray the authority of God in that, and you can ask the Lord to protect the business from the devil, open doors of blessing and favor, release contracts and opportunities because you are under authority or in the act of obedience. That act of obedience gives you authority. You can speak into the circumstances. But if your business is outside of God's authority, the prayer doesn't have persuasion. Do you see what I mean? It doesn't have strength. And it becomes really important for us to put ourselves under authority so that we can have authority. It's the most valuable thing we could probably learn. Now, to, to tell you how to go about doing this, there is a chapter in Acts that is hectic. Acts chapter 19 is one of the most like, Stranger Things chapter in the Bible. Yes, the Netflix series. It is, it's just got a lot of very radical stuff happening in Acts chapter 19. Previous verses, previous chapter, there's a vision, go preach to the Gentiles. The, they're preaching, the Holy Spirit came down. People started speaking in tongues. It was hectic. People got saved. They burnt books that were unrighteous books. I mean, it was dramatic. But to add to the drama, verse 13, I just want to warn you, this is, um, this is one of those verses in the Bible that is like for adults. Is that okay? Can we be okay about this? The evening service, we're all adulting here. So check this out, Acts 19, some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits, so they weren't Christians, tried to invoke the name of uh, the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. So basically what happened was they saw other people do it, 
Christians. Christians were saying, Satan, I rebuke you. Get out of our lives. And they saw change in people. So they said to themselves, listen, this sounds like a good plan. We should also use that name. So, so they do. And, um, and they would say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preached. So they didn't know who Jesus was, but they said, listen, that other preacher down there, he uses the name Jesus. I'm also going to use it. Strangest thing happened. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish priest, were doing this. One day, the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them, overpowered them all, gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. That's hectic. So the scene is, Real believers with actual authority were using the name of Jesus to clean the environment of the power of evil. Fake believers came into the picture, tried to use the same name, thinking the name was going to make the difference. But they weren't under authority, so when they tried it, they got a beating. And, and they ran out last naked. Now, I'm just telling you, that's not going to happen to you. It's a very dramatic chapter in the Bible. It's very dramatic. But there is a lesson here. You can't use the name of Jesus with authority if you are not under his authority. You do that, you're playing a dangerous game. It's dangerous because, I mean, if you're going to use demons, it's a very big word, uh, but an evil world might say, I know who Jesus is and I know who that preacher or that believer or that saint is or that follower of Jesus is, but why are you playing the same game? You're not following, you're not obeying, you're not submitting, I wouldn't listen to you. Your words, although they were the same words, just don't have authority. Jesus put it even more dramatically in that last day. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom. That's because some were using it as a trick, a quick trick to get a quick result. But Jesus was teaching, if you want to say Lord, Lord, then you must be under his authority as servant, servant. And there's something really powerful about it. I've learned over the years as I followed Christ that one of the most dangerous things you can do in your faith is to fake it. It's dangerous. It's also disappointing. It's disappointing to have a fake or faking faith because the real one is so close. Why would you choose the fake one? Do you know the general difference between fake and real? Cost. <laughs> the one you're willing to pay and the one you're not. Cost. Uh, you know, if you go... <laughs> Anywhere, anywhere in the world, not just here, anywhere in the world, you can get yourself 10 Rand Nike shirts with an extra E. <laughs> it's a misprint. <laughs> you can get Louis Vuitton, but with the L and the V the wrong way around because they forgot to mirror the copy of the print, you know. Cheap, cheap. When I was in Cyprus now, there's a whole perfume section. They're, all the perfume smells exactly the same as on the beachfront. 
Chanel spelled kennel. Okay, number four, not number four, number five, number seven. You can get it all cheap, but the packaging looks good. The point being, uh, there is no authority without submission, and there is no submission without sacrifice. Sacrifice is the cost that gives your words power. And you know, I do think that's, that's really important. Um, I come to church because I love the Lord. I also come to church because it is a witness to heaven. And I come to church because it is a witness to the devil. I like it that when I tell the devil back off, he might say to his friends, um, Jesus we know, and Paul we know, I saw that guy lifting his, that George guy lifting his hands in worship as well. I think he's in the same group. We better stay away. I earn authority. There's something significant about figuring out then how to have authority spiritually. So I'm going to give you three practical ways on how to have authority. The first one I've sort of hinted at so far, it's language. Choose language of authority. Uh, you know, like your password, language can be weak, average, or strong. Strong language. Um, have you ever had an awkward moment when somebody, I mean, I haven't, I've just seen it in movies, when one person says, I love you, and the other one says, I like you too. How many of you know those two words aren't equal in authority? How many of you know the one is strong and the other one is? Yeah, like. Like, like is like friend zone. Like, like is so far and no, like the tar road has ended and now you're in the bush. You're traveling on dirt roads and you're going nowhere. Um, so then why do we like the Lord, not love him? Because he says, I love you. And then, and then what's our, like, are we, do we like him or love him? Choosing language is significant. It's spiritual. 1 Corinthians 2.13 from the New King James Version says, these things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Strong words. I'll tell you some strong words. No. That's a sin. It's not good for you. This pleases the Lord. It's right in God's eyes. Those are strong words. You've got to have people with authority. Give you some weak words. You do you. I mean, let's go deeper. You do you. Boo. Oh. <laughs> I can't. I mean, when did you take a short trip to America and come back with an accent? That's weak. It's not for me to judge. That's weak. You know what I said last week? We don't judge people, we judge things. Things can be wrong and people can be wonderful. It is possible. Somebody cooks you a bad meal, you're allowed to say the meal is awful. 
I'm not saying you're awful. I'm just saying this paella thing that is still alive here, I don't know what it is. No. And people are cooking up all kinds of nonsense in their lives and then we're supposed to walk around tasting it all and going, well, that's lovely. No, some of it is a mess. You're making a mess. Stop it. Stop putting pineapple. <laughs> on your pizza. Stop. Eat a savory, then have dessert. How many pineapple on pizza lovers do we have here? Wow. The Lord has sent me with a ministry to sinners. How many no pineapple on pizza? It's pizza as it was designed in Italy. Okay, thank you, thank you. It's a very divided church in the house of the Lord today. Uh, can, can, I, can I just tell you what makes me even sadder is that although, please don't put your hand up because the Lord is watching. <laughs> don't put your hand up for this next one. But what makes me sad is when you think pineapple, you think pineapple grows as perfect little round rings with a hole in the middle because you'd be using tinned pineapple. Saints, you must be set free of such deception. Can we stop using weak words and trying to act like we've got authority? No should be no. A sin is a sin that's not acceptable or is pleasing to the Lord should be strong words. If you take all the strong words away from people, you dilute their capacity to have authority. I want to encourage you to have authority. So, language gives you authority. Secondly, where things land gives you authority. Definitely, if the pizza one was irritating or insulting, the next one's going to be maybe also annoying. You know, some things are just a waste of time. Why are you wasting your time? Uh, should I quote the pearl before swine? Like, is that going too far? When I was your age, uh, five years ago, there was, there was a nightclub. That's how old I am. They're not really called nightclubs anymore, are they? There was a nightclub at the Marine Hotel. I'm going to find out how many people are old enough now. It was called the Pig and Whistle. Any of you there in those years? A couple of Pig and Whistlers? A couple of Whistlers. I might have even met you, but you can't remember because between us, I was the sober one. So what they, what they would do, the church, I was part of the Assemblies of God those days, we'd go and we would witness to the people outside the Pig and Whistle. 10 p.m., drunk. Not us. <laughs> we were filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, drunk. We tried. Oh, and they're throwing up on your shoes. Oh, we tried. Do you know what I found out? It's easy to just get the person's number and call them up when they're sober. You're wasting your time drunk. You're wasting your time drunk. 
Whichever side of that equation you are, either coming to the pig and whistle or leaving the pig and whistle, you're wasting your time. Some things, authority comes when I can look at something and say, that's actually a waste of time. And look at something else and say, it might be harder, but that's worth my time. Authority goes up. Now I'm sticking to it. Authority goes up. I'm dumping that. Authority goes up. You dilute your authority by keeping things that are a waste of time. The Bible says it's just it's like pearl before swine. It's not going to go anywhere. Let's use a different example that's less aggressive. In Mark chapter 4, it's the parable of the sower who sows the seeds. Some seeds land on a path. Birds of the air take it away. Some seeds land on rocky ground. It doesn't have depth. Some seeds land on thorny ground. It gets choked. Some seed lands on good ground. You know how you have authority? When the stuff you're doing in your life lands on good ground. Good ground. Growing ground gives you authority. And I wanted to encourage you to be devoted to figuring out what's worth working on and and what's not. Uh, Having discernment in that way um, uh, is powerful. Uh, I have a friend here in the service somewhere in the chapel. I thought about her and, um, and pastors will help me afterwards. I thought about her during worship because she's in her third or fourth round of chemo. It was tough for her to stand. So I said to her and her husband, go to the chapel and enjoy worship there and sit on a couch. And I can see you're tired. I can see you're tired from the chemo. But don't leave there. We're going to come. We're going to lay hands on you. We're going to pray. Do you know how much authority that woman has in her life for fighting other things to do something she thinks is not a waste of time. And that's to stand tired, sick, sore, and worship. Had another person this morning. I met him for the first time. Justin's folks, I didn't know. I walked to the back. Feet were on the chair in front of him. I thought, okay. That's interesting. It's a new style of worship. But the ankle seemed a bit swollen. I said, sir, you okay? He said, yeah. He said, I started chemo yesterday. My feet are swollen. But I wanted to come in person. I said, why? said, I wanted to be in the room and I wanted to meet you. We were hoping we would meet you. And some saints can't leave the house to come to worship. Because sometimes the devil tricks us into thinking that's a waste of time. You've got other people who are in a fight for their lives. And that's not a waste of time. Can you say amen to that? Is it getting too heavy? Language, landing, and finally, lordship. I started this conversation on lordship, and I want to end it on lordship. You can't really talk about having authority without having submission. The two um, kind of work hand in hand. Um, And here's why. If um, you do something, 
and you have authority to do it. It means your bosses, 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 bosses back what you do. That's very powerful. When you do something without submission, it means you do it in your own name. I don't want to do anything in my own name. I want to do it in the name of the Lord. I don't just want to end my prayer with, in Jesus' name. I want to end every day having done it in his name. That gives the in Jesus' name part of the prayer authority. I tell the story often. I, I must catch up with this lady again sometime. We're both senior citizens by now. But 25 years ago at NMU, I was a student pastor of a church. I'd started there. And during my student years, I went to NMU, and I'm going to give you dates, try to forget them. Some of you aren't good with numbers anyway. In 1991. I know you weren't alive. I know, I know, I know. I was 14 when I was a first year. See, now you're calculating. What? <laughs> Brain is freezing. In 1991, 94, Mandela was released. 96, we had a democratic government, and I started a church. And the university went from uh, one language, one skin color, one background to multicultural. Big change, beautiful change, best change. And there was a, a Sutu lady, I'll never forget, she was tall of stature. I know to me, everybody seems. But this was like, this was like lucky tall person. Like he's a person, by the way, not an idea. Um, well, she could pray. My goodness, she could pray. So we had a prayer meeting before the service, and she prayed, and then I heard her praying, and I thought, oh, that's a lot of power. Wow, authority. I said to her, don't you want to open the service in prayer? <laughs> I'll never forget that prayer the rest of my life. Even I was just a little bit nervous. Just a little bit. In a good way. She prayed. She said, Lord, thank you for the service. Thank you for visiting us. Thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for wonderful worship and wonderful word. And then she paused. She said, and to the devil, we already spoke earlier. Like, hey. The things are going to die here if this woman. <laughs> I had that incredible sense that this wasn't the first time she was drawing a line in the sand and saying, this is the love of God. This is the grace of God. This is the place of God. You don't cross this line. Here's where I stand. Authority. Now let me wrap up by saying authority is promotable. All of you who are hunting after um, your careers and getting your qualification, get them. But the person who's going to shoot forward from the starting line is not the person with the qualification only. It's the person who is believable with their authority in the role. Ever had someone walk in the room and you just knew they carry something on their lives and it changed the room. Authority. Why don't you get some? How do you get it? Submit.
land things on good ground, clean up your language, have lordship. And you do that, and you will be a man or woman with authority. And that brings tremendous power, uh, humble authority into our lives. And then when any two or three agree together in my name, there, there is. When any two of you agree concerning something, it is done in heaven. It is, it is that agreeing. That's so powerful. So could, could we stand together to pray? For um, those of you wondering, the people slowly making their way to the front are trained ministry team. Uh, and those of you who are making your way to the back, they're trained coffee and pancake people. Yo, that sounded like a hardy doll, though. We need authority in that voice, Cameron. Um, but I, I, um, uh, and I want to invite you to come forward for prayer after the service. There's also communion on either side and a prayer card where you can either report on a testimony, God has done great things, or you can write a prayer request. And we take it to the staff meeting on Tuesdays with pastors or Wednesdays and we pray over. But be, be, before I, I uh, close the service, um, I want to address a statement I made uh, and mine it a little. I said, don't fake it. And I wonder if one of the things we could do tonight is if you're here and you're kind of feeling like you haven't made a genuine connection. It's okay. It's okay. You haven't made a genuine connection with God. Either you didn't actually ever try or it was, you misfired, didn't quite. And you feel you find yourself on the outside of a God relationship. You want one, but it doesn't make sense. It isn't connecting. It doesn't touch the heart. It kind of is just at arm's length. I want to take away the distance and I want to put you in right relationship with God. And I don't want you to walk out of here thinking, oh, maybe I am a fake on faith. I mean, not, not to be nasty. I'm not trying to be, but I, I don't know how to do it right. So I've been doing it any way I know, but it doesn't feel right. So I want to fix that. That's what I mean, not judging you. And I won't, I won't invite you to come forward, but I will invite you to take an action. So would you all close your eyes for a moment just to give uh, privacy and confidentiality to this moment? If you're here tonight and you're like, I haven't been doing a drought, but I thought I had, and it just isn't connecting, and it feels off, but I want to make it right, and I'll make, put my relationship right with God or start a relationship with God. If you're in this place, in that space, I'd love to pray for you. And the way I'd like you to do that is just simply put your hand up and say, please include me in that prayer. That's the prayer for me tonight. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Absolutely everywhere. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I really I really appreciate that. Uh, there are two, two things are going to happen. I'm going to pray for you. If you don't have a Bible, we'll give you one for free. It's available, and I want to encourage you to consider getting one. And then if you come for a Bible or you're here and you want to know what's next, I'm going to encourage you to sign a little uh, name, your name on a little form that says, sign me up for a free Alpha course so I can find out about my faith. Those are the steps we encourage. Uh, I noticed last week that sometimes an action is useful. And so maybe you just at the end of the service want to step out and, and just come talk to someone and say, I prayed that prayer, to be honest, and I just need you to 
pray over me and confirm it and give me that Bible and help me on my journey. I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, there is a prayer that's going up on the screen uh, right now, uh, and I'm going to encourage you to pray it. It's the prayer that sort of gets my relationship right with God. I'll pray it with you. Let me do that, and then I'll close the service. Dear Jesus, you said in the Bible that whoever hears your words and believes God sent you to set me free from my debts of sin has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. I confess that I believe you and I receive salvation from my sins and new life in my soul. I now cross over from death to life. Amen. Would you give God a shout of celebration for those who prayed that prayer? And then I'm going to send you out with a prayer of authority. Father, as we submit to you, Will you release authority into our lives so that our yes will be yes and our no, no. We'll have language of authority. We'll land things that are fruitful. And we'll allow you by the Holy Spirit to lead us so that we might have lordship over our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.